0: So 2 Thessalonians in chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. He says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith, but the Lord is faithful, who shall establish you and keep you from evil. And we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that ye both do and will do the things which we command you. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patient waiting for Christ. We'll stop uh, reading that passage right there. Uh, I said just five short verses uh, here in the third chapter of Second Thessalonians. But he begins this passage Uh, after he's written two chapters worth, he begins this passage with, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. Again, he says, Finally, brethren, pray for us. Uh, after he's written two chapters worth of content uh, to these Thessalonian believers, he says, finally, pray for us. As if if this may be the last thing that he ever writes to the Thessalonian church. He's not asking that they send him money. He's not asking that they uh, do any number of things that Paul could have asked them for. He says, finally, brethren, pray for us. He's asking for uh, for the prayers of God's people and folks, it's not just that he asked for the prayers, but he gives uh, what specifically to pray for, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. He wants the, Th- the Thessalonian church to pray for them, pray for Paul, and pray for Timotheus and pray for Silvanus, uh, these men that are with him, as they're out on their missionary journeys, as they're preaching the word of God, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, going about these various places and presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ the good news of salvation the power of God to these people that they're coming into contact with he says pray for us at the word of God that it might, it might have free course in other words that it might go quickly unto these people that we can get quickly unto these places to present the word of God pray for us uh, church at Thessalonica that these things can be done That the word of God can go forth. It can accomplish that which God has set it out to do. Folks, the Word of God will never go out and return void. The Word of God will go out and it will accomplish the very purpose that God intends for it to do regardless of if it's a meeting with just a few people or if it's a meeting with a few thousand people. The Word of God will go out. It will convict hearts. It'll show people. Uh, their state it'll show them the condition that they're in both saved and lost alike. the word of God should draw those which are saved closer unto God and it should draw those that are not saved to the altars to God to seek forgiveness to seek salvation that the word of God is able to bring we can be cleansed by the word of God we can be held by the word of God we can be kept by the word of God the word of God is instruction for those that are saved and it is what must go out it is what must be preached in order that others can be saved and Paul says pray for us This is pretty much the last request that he's making to these believers. He says, pray for us. He could have asked for a hundred different things from this church. And I'm sure that these believers would have went out of their way to have provided him with all 100 of those things that he could have asked for. But he has one simple request for them. Pray for us. Pray that the Word of God has its free course that it can go out. He says that the Word of God has free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. He's telling these believers here, hey, and we're preaching the same word that you heard us preach there. We're preaching the same word that brought you unto God. We are preaching the same Jesus, the same gospel, and the same good news that brought you unto salvation, where the Bible says that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the power of God unto salvation. He's telling them, hey, even as it is with you, even as it brought you unto God, we are preaching the same gospel so that you can have more brothers and more sisters in Christ Jesus. And he's simply saying, pray for us. Pray for us that this might happen. Pray for us that we can stay on the road, that we can continue spreading the good news of Jesus Christ, spreading the good news of forgiveness of sin, spreading the good news that God has given us so that we can continue in the commission, the same commission that brought us to you at Thessalonica. It's the same commission we're asking you to pray for that we go out and spread the gospel unto others. But he says, pray for us, that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified, even as it is with you. He's saying, He's saying it's been glorified with you. You've taken heed to this word. So pray for us that others may take heed and others may glorify with you. Verse 2, he says, and that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith that we might be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men so he's adding to this prayer request pray for us that we can preach pray for us that the word of God go forth and pray for us that we can be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men folks that tells me it is no different now than it was back in Paul's day it is no different now with the unreasonable and the wicked men and the wicked population it is no different now than it was then and Paul is saying preach not only that we can get the word of God out there but that we can be delivered from these that seek to persecute us we can be delivered from these that seek to hinder the spread of the gospel that don't want the word of God to have its free course these unreasonable and these wicked men are after us hey Paul had his share of contact with people like that and most of it was from his own people from his own race the Jewish people they would come after him when he went into the cities and he went to preach they would cause mobs of people to come after him they would lie they would cheat they would do whatever they had to to stop the word of God from having its free course and Paul's saying pray that we can be delivered from these pray that we can be delivered from these men those We need prayers now not just for the preachers we need prayers for the people of God in general that we be delivered from the unreasonable and the wicked men I ain't saying necessarily that that we be that that we be delivered that we be delivered from, from the strife and we be delivered from possible physical abuse of some kind from mental abuse sometimes but for the same purpose that Paul was wanting that the word of God goes out. But pray that the, the people of God, when they go to present the gospel, that God deliver them from these unreasonable people, from these people that refuse to hear the truth of the word of God. Pray that God delivers his own people from the bondage and from the hindrance and from the mockery of these others, of the unreasonable and the wicked that do not want to see the word of God. God, go forth. Pray for these folks. Amen. Folks, Amen. I know exactly what it's like from personal experience to be hindered by such things. I know what it's like to not have liberty when you preach I know what it's like to walk into a church house sometimes and get behind the pulpit and not feel an ounce of liberty in there I know exactly how that feels folks and it's hard to preach the word when you feel that way the Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty Hey, that tells me these places that I've gone to these pulpits that I've stood in that I've opened the word of God and tried to present it as best I could that tells me there was no been more spirit in those people in those churches in those houses wherever it was there was no spirit in them because there was no liberty to testify of the spirit and paul here says pray that we be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men how many times we read in acts of wicked men and unreasonable men Coming after Paul. Paul preached one message. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He preached it over and over. He preached it to the Gentiles. He preached it to the Jews. But nevertheless, it always caused some kind of ruckus. Wherever Paul went, there was somebody that came against him. I know that he went some places. Not only him, but Peter and the rest of the uh, the apostles as well. I know they went places and there were thousands of people got saved. There were multitudes of people that heard the message and came to Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ drew them through his word. I understand that, happened, but there were also unreasonable and wicked men there that wanted nothing to do with it. They would rather have what they wanted as have what God was offering any day. This is the people that Paul was saying, pray God that he deliver us from thee. We need the same deliverance Mm -hmm. from the same types of people, from the same types. There's people out there right now trying to quash the word of God, trying to say the word of God contradicts itself, trying to make uh, believers doubt, trying to make unbelievers doubt even more. There are people like this. They are wicked and they are unreasonable. How are they unreasonable? I'll tell you how. Because God give every one of us a conscience. God give every one of us a conscience, and they hear the word of God and what does the spirit of God do it whispers to their conscience it whispers to their heart it says this is truth what this man up here is preaching it is absolute truth what this man is taught it is absolute truth and that holy ghost of God it shows them that and the unreasonableness of men says it can't be true this can't be the case hey I was in that boat at one time when I didn't believe what I heard preached and I didn't believe what I heard taught I was in that very boat at one time, but praise God. God didn't give up on me. God continued to chase after me. He chased me to every hellhole that I ever was a part of, that I ever went to. Chased me through every sin that I committed. Chased me through every blasphemy that I ever committed against him. God chased me through every bit of that. Said, because he wanted me, he looked down at all my wickedness and all of my sin and said, that boy there, is going to preach my word one of these days hallelujah Amen. he preached there he he chased me through every bit of that folks i was i was unreasonable when i was wicked i was evil at one time i was one of the most unreasonable people you ever met but god changed that but paul says pray God. He says, pray for us that the word of God might have free course. And he says, pray pray to God for us that we can be delivered from these unreasonable and these wicked men. We need the same types of prayers from God's people today for the same reasons, for the same reasons. Verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. Praise God. What a contrast. What a contrast. It says that we may be delivered from the unreasonable and wicked men. For all men have not faith. In the very next few words. But the Lord is faithful. All men have not faith. And that's why men act the way that they do. That's why the wicked are wicked. That's why the unreasonable are unreasonable. That's why the evil is evil. That's why the sinful is sinful. That's why the drunk is a drunk. That's why the prostitute's a prostitute. That's why the drug head is the drug head. Because not all men have faith. They don't all have faith. But God is faithful. God is ever faithful. Praise His name. God has been faithful from the get-go. He'll be faithful right now. And He'll be faithful... On into the future my god is faithful when men are faithless my god is ever faithful his faithfulness to his people is everlasting that's why he could say he will be with us always even to the end has been he has been for me and he will be for me but his word is true god is true the bible says let god be true and every man a liar some men have not the faith some men have not faith but god is faithful god is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil in other words god is faithful and he will establish you And he will keep you from the evil. And he will do these things because he is faithful. Men make promises all the time that they can't keep. Women make promises all the time that we can't keep. People in general, humans in general, we make promises all the time. Even if it, even if we break a promise that we never had any intentions of breaking. Yeah, sure, I'll be there at 7 o'clock. Something happens, we can't make it by 7 o'clock. Hey, that's breaking a promise that we made to somebody. And we, it may have even been unintentional. My God cannot do that. My God is ever faithful. He's never been late for anything. He's never told a lie. He's never done any such thing. My God is faithful and he will be faithful unto the very end of this thing. He'll be faithful all throughout eternity. He is faithful to his people whereas men uh, not all men have faith. Hey my God he is faithful to his people he will not let us down he cannot let us down because the Bible says that he cannot let us down. He will be with us always even to the end. He is the same yesterday today and forever he said I am the Lord I change not praise God that's my God I'm preaching about hallelujah he's faithful for all men have not the faith I wish that wasn't the case I wish that wasn't the case but all men have not the faith the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil (coughs) says that we may be delivered from these types of people. Even the Lord's Prayer says that, don't it? It says, deliver us from evil. Mm-hmm. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Mm-hmm. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil people as well. Mm-hmm. Deliver us from their evil plans. Folks, their time's coming. Their time's coming. You are reading Micah, I believe it's Micah chapter 2. It's, uh, it talks about those that, uh, that make... Uh, make perverse plans while they're on their bed. They make plans yeah. uh, while they're in their bed. <coughs> and when the morning arises they, they continue on with those plans. They execute those plans. Mm. Those people have got their time coming. Those people have got their time coming. Liz and I were talking before service tonight. There's a whole world of people out there okay. that have a very false a representation in their mind of whom God is. They think that God is letting them get by with their sins, so, so God must be alright with them. No, God's being merciful with them. God's being graceful with them. God's 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 being true to His word in doing that, but it is not that God is all right with them. It's not that God is all right with their sin. God God cannot deal with or God cannot uh, put up with sin. God cannot tolerate sin. He will not tolerate sin. God put your sin and my sin on His Son Jesus Christ. He, he who knew no sin became sin for us. He He who had never, no guile was ever found in His. Man mouth never even had a bad thought about another person that he wasn't justified in having now listen I understand what Jesus said to some of the Pharisees and some of the scribes but Jesus Christ was completely justified in everything that he told them all he he told them was the truth when he said hey you might on the outside look as a whited sepulcher but inside you're nothing more than dead men's bones he was justified when he said to John the was justified when he told the same group of people, who are ye, you vipers? Who are ye? you You've been on mistakes. Who are ye that come, who told you to flee the wrath to come? Yeah. They were all justified in saying those things. Those things went out as warnings. Oh, yeah. They went out as warnings to those people whom to whom it was said. But all men have not faith, but the Lord is faithful. And he will establish you. And he will keep you from evil. People will say, he will keep me from evil. Why do I experience evil? Why does evil come against me if God's going to keep me from it? Folks, God will keep us from evil. He will keep us from these things. Paul, again, you can use all kinds of examples of Paul. Paul man was shipwrecked, man was scourged, the man was whipped, he was beat, he was in the deep, he was, was, all kinds of things happened to Paul, all kinds of things, but what did Jesus tell, uh, what did Jesus say about Paul, I believe it's in Acts chapter 9, he said, I must show him the things he will suffer for my name's sake. For my name's sake, Paul went on in the book of Acts. He said it's through much persecution and much tribulation, I'm sorry, that we must enter into the kingdom of God. It's through much tribulation that we'll enter into the kingdom, folks. It ain't it ain't meant to be a cakewalk. Some of us, some people like Paul, were actually called to a ministry of suffering. That's exactly what what Paul had to do. He had to suffer for the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ. Yes, he preached the gospel. And that was part of his ministry. Yes, he went to a lot of places, and that was part of his ministry. But all in all, he was called to a ministry of suffering for the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ. And if Paul, as faithful as he was to the word, as faithful as he was to Christ, and as, as holy of a man as he was, if he had to suffer, what makes us think that we won't? Right. what makes us think that right. we won't? but here Paul saying the Lord mm-hmm. he says the Lord is faithful he yes. will establish you and he will keep you from evil a man that experienced a whole lot of evil in his life a man that was once upon a time one of those wicked and one of those unreasonable where was Paul headed when he got saved he was headed to Damascus to do what to persecute the church to persecute the believers Mm -hmm. to throw them in jail he done rounded up the papers had permission from his higher ups he he was going to persecute the church he was unreasonable and he was wicked and he was evil Mm -hmm. God stopped him God stopped him dead in his tracks praise God blinded the man and he showed him what things that he needed that he would suffer for his name's sake, for the, for the sake of Jesus Christ and for, the, uh, for the, uh, the name's sake of Jesus Christ. Folks, it doesn't mean that all evil is going to be, uh, gonna, we've got a force field of some kind around us. Now listen, I understand what it means to pray a hedge of protection. And I believe that. Praise God. I've prayed it plenty of times myself. Not only for myself, but for other people. For those that I love. For this church. For for my family. For friends. For all kinds of people. I've prayed uh, hedges of protection around those people. I understand that. But but it doesn't mean that evil will not exist in our lives. Because it will. Why is that? Because evil exists in this world. When Adam and Eve when Adam and Eve fell in the garden, when sin came in, when sin entered in, what were they put there for to begin with? They were put there to dress and to keep the garden. Adam was, and Eve was there because God looked down; He saw it wasn't meet that Adam should be alone, so He made a help meet for him, and a woman, uh, Eve. But when sin crept in, what happened? They lost the inheritance of planet Earth. Earth was theirs. Now, God created it, and it was God's. I understand that. But he had made man to keep the earth. They lost that. They lost it. And because they lost it, we did too. Mm -hmm. Who owns it now? God owns it. I understand that God created it. But who's got power over it? Mm -hmm. Satan does. Satan, that's why the, the, the Bible refers to him as the prince of this world. The Bible refers, refers to him as the prince of this world he ain't prince in the world to come and he's only prince here with what God gives him permission to be prince over he's on a leash God keeps him on that leash he can't do nothing that God doesn't allow him to do you read the book of Job sometime hey everything that Satan wanted to do to Job he had to go to God to get permission to do it he could have never struck Job with the sores that he had had God not given him permission to do so he could have never taken Job's family from him had God not given him permission to do so he will keep the evil one from us he will keep our adversary from us yes and he but folks he establishes our goings uh, here in the scripture it says yeah, the Lord is faithful who establish you folks he's established us already he's established us on that straight and narrow way he's established us in the holy walk he's established us with commission he's established us with his word he's established us with the holy ghost and if we we have faith in an ever-faithful God that he has established us. Why would we not believe that he will keep us from the evil? Amen. I absolutely believe right. it. I absolutely right. believe it. Verse 4, we have confidence in the Lord touching you, that you both do and will do the things which we command you. We have confidence not in the people. Not in the people. We have confidence in the Lord touching you. That ye both do and will do the things which we command you. We have confidence in this ever faithful God. That he just spoke about in the previous verse. We have confidence in the Lord. In the Lord touching you. We have confidence in the Lord touching you. That ye both do and will do the things which we have commanded you. We have confidence in this God and the God that has established you, and the God that will keep evil from you, and the God that you're praying to, that his word will have free course, and the God that we've asked you to pray to, that he deliver us from the unreasonable and the wicked man. We have faith in this God. We, uh, we believe in this God and touching you that you do that you presently do and you will continue to do the things which we have commanded you to do why would they have commanded them to do anything because they were preaching the word they came into Macedonia. And they preached the word. And these Thessalonians. They would have heard that word. They would have heard the commands coming from that word. Not to mention Paul had already written one letter to them. He had already written First Thessalonians. Five chapters worth of instruction. For that, for that church to follow. He says that we have faith in God. We have faith in the Lord. We believe that God in touching you. That you do. Right now, and that you'll continue to do what we have commanded you to do, folks. If if we come into church, I don't care if you spend a decade in church, or if you spend ten days in church, or a hundred years in church. If you come into the church house and you don't continue to do the things that you once did, and you don't continue to grow in the Word of God, if you don't if you don't continue to do uh, what you did in the past, folks, there's a problem in your walk with God. There's a problem in the faith that you say that you have in God. There's a problem in salvation if that's the issue. And the problem is not with God, not with His plan. The problem is within us. If that's the case. He says we have confidence in the Lord, Mm -hmm. touching you that you both do and will do the things which we command you. Mm -hmm. And the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. (coughs) And then the patient waiting for Christ. Mm -hmm. The Lord direct your hearts. In other words, don't let man do it. Mm -hmm. Paul, at this point, I'm sure had already received word from other places that they had been, where the 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 Judaizers came in. The false prophets came in. The Gnostics had come in. All these other people had come in. And they had started to pervert the word of God that Paul had preached. That's, that's what happened with the church of Corinth. That's what happened uh, in the churches in Galatia. That's what happened in all those churches. Was these people came in. They said Christ is fine but you need this. Christ is all great and fine and well. But you also need to do this or that. Or you need to not do this or that. No folks it is Christ alone. It is Jesus alone. It is faith alone in that Jesus Christ, in the Lord, in the Savior. It is he and he alone which can save us. Paul here says, the Lord direct your hearts to the love of God and in the patient waiting for Christ. Uh, he says, the Lord direct your hearts in these things. In other words, Paul, hey, he just got through saying that you do and you will do the things that we commanded you. What was he commanded? That you believe in God, that you believe Jesus Christ that you believe in he and he alone for salvation that's the things that the kinds of things that paul would have been commanding to the thessalonians but he says he says here that the lord direct your hearts in this thing. the lord direct your hearts down that straight and narrow path the lord direct your hearts into life and life everlasting the lord direct your hearts and all of these things paul had done as much as he could in preaching the gospel the rest was up to almighty God. Amen. He says the Lord direct your hearts. Amen. The Lord direct. The Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. And into the patient waiting mm-hmm. for Christ. This is something that Paul had had to address with the Thessalonian church. The patient waiting for Christ. Mm-hmm. This was one of the things that had caused confusion in that church. Mm-hmm. You read about it uh previous to this in his letters to the thessalonians they were unsure about the coming of christ about the second coming of christ they they thought that it was going to happen just immediately Mm -hmm. and folks hey it it could have it could happen right now it could have happened in 1950 it could have happened in 1750 nobody knows the day nor the hour when christ will come Mm -hmm. but they thought it was going to happen just lickety split so what was happening People were stopping their jobs, people were quitting their jobs, they were quitting growing things, they were, they were quitting everything, waiting for Jesus Christ, waiting on him to come. Uh, and Paul addresses that throughout the, uh, the rest of the third chapter of Thessalonians, we won't get into that, but he said, and this is something that he had already addressed with, with this church. But he says, the Lord directs your hearts in the love of God and in the patient waiting for Christ. In other words, we need to wait on Christ with patience. What did Jesus say in the book of Mark? He said, pray and watch. Mm -hmm. Pray and watch. Now, does that mean that I should be on my knees 24 hours a day with my eyes pointed straight up at the sky or toward the eastern sky? No, that's not what it means what do we watch with we can't watch with our eyes constantly hey we get tired we get sleepy and lord knows we'll fall asleep sooner or later we watch with our hearts we wait with our hearts we wait patiently with our hearts on the coming of the lord jesus christ and he says here the lord direct your hearts and not only into his love but in the patient waiting for christ in the patient waiting for christ he says, "The Lord direct you in this. The Lord help you with this, folks. I know, I know that uh, that born again people we get a longing about us to go home. We get a longing about us to see loved ones that have gone on. We get a well, uh, we might even physically hurt wanting to go on uh, to to not only be with them, but utmost to be with the Lord uh, who saved our souls. I understand that, but uh, the Word of God here tells uh, tells the Thessalonian church, and that folks, it applies." us just as much that we need to be patient in our waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ we've got to be patient in these things but while we're doing this what did this passage of scripture begin with we should be busy in the work of God while we are patiently waiting on Jesus Christ to call us home whether it be by grave whether it be by the rapture hey I really don't care as long as I make it to that home that's been promised me in the sky one day after a while I don't care what way I go. I don't care if it's by grave or by the calling up uh, of the people of God. It doesn't matter a bit to me. I will go home because God has promised me a home up yonder. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. And I got to be patient yeah. in that waiting and I got to be busy. I've got to be busy in the work of Almighty God while I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. That's what frustrated Paul with the Thessalonian church more or less you read his letters when he hears about everybody just dropping everything and waiting on Jesus when he hears about that Paul you can tell in his writing he was a little bit aggravated he's a little bit perturbed over that and rightfully so why because I'm sure the man had gone and preached the truth I'm sure he had preached the truth, these people had come to believe, and I'm sure they had concocted in their own minds what was going to happen. And all that takes is one person to start spreading it, start spreading it. That's where false teaching comes in, that's where false prophets come in, that's where uh, disillusioned congregations come in. There are entire congregations of people out there that listen to one man preach Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday or whatever the case is. They listen to him service after service after service. And the entire congregation has been fooled by this one man. The Bible says that Satan sometimes appears as an angel of light. And there are entire, there are droves of people that are, that are fooled into thinking that what they are hearing is truth. These people had obviously heard the truth because he was writing to them as believers. He was writing to a bunch of believers in Jesus Christ, so they had to have heard the truth. Now, he says, uh, "He said, the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God mm-hmm. and into the patient waiting for Christ. He's reminding them of something that he's already told them. He's reminding them, patient waiting for Christ. Patient waiting. Uh, Paul, speaking to a bunch of people that thought that the rapture was going to take place any second, thought Jesus Christ was going to come, he was going to step out on them clouds, Mm -hmm. he was going to call his people up. He says, no, you be patient in your waiting. Those people had no clue that they would all die before that ever happened. No clue. Folks, We don't know. We don't know if we will die. We don't know if Jesus is going to call us home uh, along with with several million other of our brothers and sisters all at once. We don't know how that's going to happen. That's why it pays to be ready. That's why it it pays to take heed to the word. That's why it pays to pray. It it pays to pray for for these people to go out and that the word of God not be hindered. That the, that the word of God have its free course, and that we pray for deliverance from these these. Uh, wicked people i mean my goodness uh, you know these are the same type of people that jesus uh, come into contact with over and over in his ministry the same people that paul come into contact with jesus i mean how many times do we have that the scribes and the pharisees uh, would come come at jesus and they would ask him questions or they try to trap him or they just outright tell him he was a blasphemer my goodness look at the gospel of mark you start out in mark chapter one uh with the with the baptism. And, and you continue on to Mark chapter 2. You got Jesus healing Peter's uh, mother-in-law. You got him healing a leper. You got him healing a man with a palsy. He's got all these things going on that that the Old Testament scriptures pointed directly at him as Messiah. He was performing miracles that Messiah was prophesied to, to perform. And, and when it comes to healing a certain man, he said, he said, your sins be forgiven thee. And they, what did they say? who has power to forgive sins other than God and folks they came at him it says that the scribes came at him and what did he tell them and uh, what did they say they said "He's, he's casting these demons and these devils out by Beelzebub and Jesus told them he said how can Satan cast out Satan how can a house stand against itself that house shall fall how can a kingdom stand against itself that kingdom shall He told them all these things. Why was he saying that? Because evil men, wicked men, and those that were unbelieving, those that were unreasonable. Mm -hmm. Like I said, these were Jews, Jewish scribes. Jewish scribes, those that wrote out the laws, those that made copies of it, and those that, that, that helped to interpret what it was saying. The scribes. They came after Jesus. And they should have known before anybody else, before even the Pharisees knew, they should have known this is Messiah. This is Messiah that Isaiah prophesied of. This is the Messiah that the Psalms prophesied of. Mm -hmm. They should have known, yet they came at Jesus. They came at Jesus and said, who are you to do these things? Who are you, you're casting these demons out by Beelzebub, by the prince of devils, the prince of demons. And Jesus said, how could I do that? He says, how could I do that? But these same people, these unbelievers, these these that are unreasonable, and these that were wicked, were coming after Jesus. If they came after Jesus, they're the same ones that came after Paul, the same type Mm -hmm. that came after Paul. Folks, it's the same people that went after martyr, after martyr, after martyr, while we're here in the church age. Beginning beginning in the, in the first century church with a man named Stephen. Mm-hmm. There's countless martyrs, and it's been all the same type of people, unreasonable and wicked, yeah. that, have, and that have martyred the people of God. Yet, I guarantee you, none of those that were martyred, including Stephen, the first martyr for the gospel of Jesus Christ, I guarantee you he would not look down and say, God didn't keep evil from me. I guarantee you, he wouldn't say that. Mm-hmm. G, uh, Stephen, what did he say as they as they took up stones to kill him? What did he say? He said, "Lord, forgive them." Right. Same thing Jesus said. They they don't know what they're doing. He said, "Lord, I pray that you lay not this sin to their charge. You lay not this. Sin. They're about to murder me, God. I pray that you lay not this sin to their charge." In other words, he was praying for salvation. For those that were about to kill Mm -hmm. Folks, Jesus Christ. Talk about unreasonable and wicked and evil men. Jesus Christ at any time. Jesus Christ could have done something to to the egg and the womb of the mother of the Roman soldiers that -hmm. that nailed him to the cross. He could have said, you know, I've had all eternity to prepare for this, but I've decided not to go through with it. That talks about the faithfulness of God right there. Exactly what verse 3 talks about here in this short passage of scripture. It talks about his faithfulness because he knew from the beginning what what he was going to be doing. He knew from the beginning. John saw him in the book of Revelation as a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. Jesus Christ knew from the beginning what he would be doing. He could have stopped it at any point. Mm -hmm. And listen, his 33 years here on this earth, that was just a spot compared to eternity. That was, just, that was a blink compared to eternity. But he had had all eternity coming up to that point where he could have at any time put an end to it. He could have at any time changed his mind had he wanted to. But my God is faithful. My God is faithful. He knew that would be his job. He knew that he would have to come here and work salvation for us. He knew that it was God's God's plan, God's perfect plan for salvation, that Jesus Christ be the one that wrought that salvation for all of mankind. He could have stopped it at any point, but he chose not to. That's the faithfulness of my God. That's the faithfulness of him. Some men have not the faith. Not all men have faith, but God is faithful. Amen. Folks, let, let the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God mm-hmm. and the patient waiting for Jesus Christ. Like I said, we all get anxious. No. We all talk about going home. <coughs> Some of you have been in this walk a whole lot longer than what I have. And, and I know you've yearned for it because I have. So if I have no longer and I've been in it, I know you all have. Mm-hmm. Be patient for it. Be patient. Patient. And the waiting for Jesus Christ. And let the Lord direct your heart.